How's it going, everybody? Adrian here, and welcome back to the Gaming Observer Daily News Updates for Friday, October the 15th. Hello, my friends. Hope you're doing extraordinarily well. And we got lots to talk about, so let's jump in. The first thing I'd like to do is talk about Call of Duty and Battlefield, because both of them had a trailer today at the exact same time, 11 a.m. Eastern, showcasing uh, new game modes. Now, Call of Duty Vanguard did a trailer for their Zombies mode, and it's interesting, it's actually being developed by the mode's creator, Treyarch, rather than the people who are handling the rest of Vanguard, which is Sledgehammer Games. The Zombies storyline from Black Ops Cold War is going to be continued, and they are introducing a new perk system that is constantly changing, kind of makes every playthrough unique. On the other hand, in the world of Battlefield 2042, they announced their third game mode called Hazard Zone. Now, Hazard Zone is a 32-player mode, teams of four, where players have to complete missions and exit the arena. And they specifically emphasized it is not a battle royale mode. The objective is not to be the last person alive, or even to kill your enemies. It's just to get the thing you need and get out. I think it's a pretty unique concept, and uh, I don't know, it'll join their lineup pretty well. They have the traditional all-out warfare mode, which is just the regular mode for Battlefield. And they also have Battle Portal, which is super interesting. It's like their custom game mode that allows people to do whatever they want with Battlefield assets that aren't just from 2042, but also from other Battlefield games. Kind of reminded me of Halo Forge, although I'm sure not as crazy as that. Anyway, love seeing the variety in these first-person shooters. I think the more options they can provide without seriously segmenting the player base, the better. Hey, we need to talk about what is going on with Paradox Interactive, because they are finding themselves in a super tough situation right now. Uh, in the news cycle today, the CEO, Frederick Wester, basically admitted that Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines 2 was nearly cancelled. Very close to being cancelled. And that game has gone through a super turbulent development process, so that's really not surprising. Here's a bit of the history going on here. So they announced Bloodlines 2 in 2019, and it was this super huge deal. The first Bloodlines game from 2004, it's a cult classic, lots of dedicated followers, and not a lot of people really expected the franchise to continue. And they got started on the right foot. They brought the original writer back, Brian Mitsoda. He was going to be the lead narrative designer. But soon after the announcement, things just started to roll downhill. They delayed the game into the next year, 2020. In the summer of 2020, they have to distance themselves from Chris Avalon, who had reports of sexual assault. And then, oh no, Paradox end up firing Brian Mitsoda and the game's creative director, Kai Clooney, with very little explanation. They fire a few other people as well. And then at that time, they delay the game a second time to 2021. Then you might remember earlier this year, February, they actually removed the developer, Hardsuit Labs, completely from the project, and they canceled pre-orders. So they chose a new developer who, by the way, they haven't shared who that is. And the game is once again delayed past this year indefinitely. Outside of Bloodlines, Paradox has been facing allegations of gender discrimination. They had to change their CEO recently. It's just a rough time for them. And uh, I encourage you to be a smart consumer when it comes to Paradox for the next few years, especially for Bloodlines. Wait for reviews. Don't get too invested in things. Better safe than sorry. Hey, I want to do a little spotlight here on the Netflix series Squid Game, which, by the way, has become Netflix's most popular show in its history. But it's interesting because it's kind of finding itself in a few different corners of gaming. Netflix themselves have said that they're considering making their own title around the game, which isn't too surprising. They've been making their presence known for a while in, in the gaming world. But there's other cool stuff happening, like the people who made Fall Guys. Apparently, they had prototyped a red light, green light minigame 
that they just totally scrapped. And now that red light, green light appeared in Squid Game, they're considering bringing it back, trying to make it work. There's also a ton of stuff happening over in the Roblox world, right? These sandbox games where there's a bunch of mini games are super popular for, for this kind of thing. Some of them are battle royales. Some of them are just regular mini games. Some of them are just templates of common Roblox games with a squid game veneer. And then anecdotally, speaking from a personal perspective, I work a lot with mobile apps. And there have been a ton of hyper-casual games that are going with a squid game theme. Specifically hyper-casual games because they're super easy to develop very quick. And they generally have a short lifespan. So anyway, I love to see these kinds of inspirations. And uh, I'm glad the series is doing well. It is quite good albeit pretty disturbing, and we'll see if any other cool things come from it. Okay, and that's about all the time that I have left. Folks, thank you so much for tuning in. It is greatly appreciated. And because it is Friday, I would like to remind you that the Gaming Observer is listener-supported. So if you like what I do and you'd like to throw me a cup of coffee, please do head over to patreon.com slash thegamingobserver. It would really help out a lot. And I'd like to give special thanks to our TGO producers, Anna Marie, Andrew, Anthony, Bernie, Emmanuel, Rail, Rodeth21, Red Flem, Rob Matzker, and Telesthesia. Thank you all so much. That's all for me. I'll be back with the news on Monday. And until next time, happy gaming, everyone. It is the TGO After Show. Hello and welcome. Hey, yeah, so we did a full TGO producer shout out there. And, uh, I don't know. I was going back and forth on like the best way to to handle the producer shoutouts because a there was a lot more of them than I was expecting, and so the initial idea was like, and and this was kind of the expectation that I had set was if I get too many people, I'm just gonna like choose a handful randomly, you know. But I didn't like that because you know people are signing up to get shoutouts, and I don't want them to be signing up to randomly get shoutouts. That's not really I don't know. That's just that's kind of icky to me. And so then I was considering, okay, well, do I do, you know, like five people on one day and then five people on another day? And I still could do that. But the the, the rationale that I eventually landed on was, hey, I produce 30 minutes of content every week, right? The show is about five minutes long, seven days of the week. That's 30 minutes. If 30 seconds are going to promoting the Patreon and shouting out the producers on a Friday, I think that's fair, right? 30 seconds out of 30 minutes to keep the show alive, as it were. And I think it would be longer than 30 seconds if I were to split them up among different days, because then, I mean, A, I'm kind of shoving in your face a lot more the Patreon, which I don't want to do. I'd rather keep that to like a one day a week kind of thing. And B, I mean, if I have to mention what I'm doing, if I, okay, now I'm doing some producer shout outs. That's just going to make it more than 30 seconds if, you know, if I only have to do that once. So anyway, the reason why I'm talking about it is because I would appreciate any input you might have on that. Um, if you felt like those shoutouts were particularly too long, or if my rationale makes sense. Because the other thing is, I'm putting it at the end, right? So if you don't want to hear it, just skip it. You're not going to miss out on any news or anything. What else is going on? Uh, well, I've been tweeting about this. Did I? I oh, maybe. Uh, did I talk about this on the show? I actually don't know now. I've been dreaming about Squid Game. That's why I talked about it today, honestly. I've been having Squid Game nightmares. I had two. I had one, and I was like, oh, that was weird. And then the second one, I was like, uh-oh, got a problem, Houston. It's funny, I didn't, like, that show was not, it was good. I would even say it's great. But I was not like, oh my god, can't believe, you know, best show ever. 
I didn't really feel like it was going to stick with me for all that long. And then I started dreaming about it. I'm like, huh, maybe there's something here. I do think that it's really interesting seeing how the industry adapts to things like this. We see it every now and then. We saw it with Among Us, right? Like, how many games ended up getting an imposter mode, as it were? Fortnite even did it. And I'll tell you, these hyper-casual games that I, that I was just telling you about, great indicator as to what is popular just in culture. When Among Us came out, there was 50 million Among Us hyper-casual games. Cyberpunk did something a little similar, albeit at a smaller scale. If you've never heard of them, the, the, you, you've probably seen like the advertisements for them on your phone, where it's basically just a super simple design concept. Like, you do one thing, basically, and that's it. That's the whole game. And it usually has a very low-budget art style, not a lot of investment in creating assets, and the whole idea is that they develop the game in, like, two weeks, or, th- or a month, or something. Put it out on the App Store, people download it like crazy, play it for a few months, maybe, and then the studio just cr- keeps cranking them out, you know? Not really meant to retain anybody, not really meant to be these long-term franchises, they're just there to capture a popular idea, which could be a game mechanic, it doesn't have to be a theme, like Squid Game milk as much money out of it as possible and then move on and uh i mean there's entire like it's an entire industry there's multi 10 million dollar companies being acquired left and right making these games absolutely crazy but anyway they're a great marker for what's what's popular because they can crank the games out so quickly you know if you want to make a proper squid game game it's going to take a couple of years these guys just do it in a month so anyway that's all for now thanks folks uh i'll chat with you tomorrow farewell (laughs) 